praise the Lord one more time. He is still a friend of mine on this hot, humid, Lord have mercy, uh, summer afternoon. It's actually hotter today than I ever thought it could be. I mean, it's about 90 degrees. I'm beginning to feel like I'm back in a Little Rock, Arkansas or something, but it is still a glorious day in the name of the Lord. Um, he is awesome. He is special. Yes, yes, Lord. Keep the Lord special. Keep, keep me in your heart. Keep me in your mind. And most definitely, day, make sure you keep the air conditioner on. Because I'm telling you, it ain't, it ain't no joke out here. If you think I'm playing, boy, you, you better have, you, you better make something happen today. You know, I'm getting ready across the cup. I'm trying to go out for a walk later on because I know when it's hot like this. You know, you get to sweat, you know, get your good sweaty and your workout, but I don't know. Somebody may have to come and get me because I don't know about all this, man, today. But um, it is still just a, a glorious day um, to, to, to be in your presence um, and, to, and to give you a little word of the Lord. I believe the last time I spoke with you, we were talking about how um, King David had um, messed around. And had him a one night stand. And um, yes he had messed around and did that. I don't know how many of you have messed around and did that. I'm not necessarily talking about um, before you got saved. Or before you joined the choir. Or before you became a deacon. Before you became the pastor. Before you became the praise and worship leader. Or before you became the head of the company. Or the head of the, C the CEO. Or started the business. No I'm talking about afterwards. I'm talking about so David made this thing. He made this mistake when he was king. He didn't make this mistake when he was a shepherd boy. Now this is something that happened. When David was king of all Israel, I know sometimes we want to say that, you know, uh, we made our mistakes um, um, oh, before we got saved. No, that's not the case. No, this mistake was made, <laughs> you know, during his um, walk with the Lord. I know we don't want to tell people that we don't have no mistakes on us and we ain't got nothing going on. And that's fine and cool and dandy. And we appreciate that you're coming out in your business, sir. But. We're talking about this is something that happened to David while he is king. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I often tell people, um, people say, well, we're praying for you, you know, before you get the house, before you get the cover. And we, they're praying for you. And it seems like once you have arrived, but once people think you have arrived, they stop praying. Once you become the pastor, or once you become the deacon or the bishop, or once you become the husband or the wife, or once you, you know, achieve the goal, it seems like people stop praying. But I often tell people, no, you, you really need to start praying even more once they get that. Because it's in those moments, you, you're getting ready to see who they really are. Yes, if you want to see somebody who, who somebody really is, give him some power for a minute. Give him some real money. Give him some real car, real house, real real, real access to certain things they shouldn't, um, they, they never had access to before. And then you'll see who that man, that woman really is. Lord have mercy. Because sometimes um, uh, success brings out the worst in us. And sometimes success brings out our faults even more. That's why we need more prayer. That's why we need, once we, you arrive, once you achieve something, you need more prayer now. You need more security. Maybe you mean more armor bearers, man. Not just one. Let me get four or five of y'all in here because I need to. I might do something crazy tonight that I shouldn't do. I need somebody to talk me out of doing what I shouldn't know I shouldn't be doing. 
but that's a whole lot of uh, lesson for a whole lot of time. Here's what I want to do. I want to get into the word of the Lord. And, and you said I don't do this, but I want to get into the aftermath. You know, I'm, I'm really going to call this part two. Uh, of the, the night that David had a one night stand and uh, and he had a baby, you get what I'm saying? And I just want to call now. She, now she this woman now she don't have a baby, but David now David is rich. David is a king. It kind of reminds me of that song Fifty Cent uh, saying back in the day when it says "Have it, baby, by me, baby, and be a millionaire." <laughs> he said, "Have a baby by me and be a millionaire." It's kind of, kind of, kind of catchy, and it's kind of fit this thing right here. And 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 I know that I know that um, I'm not saying that um, um, Uriah was um, Uriah was that's the wife of Bathsheba, the one that David. Uh, so I'm not saying Uriah was broke. What I'm saying is position. <laughs> yes, yes. Now you do you the king's wife. So that's a little little something different. But we want to dab into this word. I want to show you something real quick. Have you been um have heard the phrase and, and let me start with a word of prayer because I, I need to I need to start because I'm already um getting ready to slip up. Let me start out with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you right now for the word of God. We thank you right now, Father God, for what you're doing, what you're still doing. The word of God is quick, it's powerful. Sharper, than even two edged sword, dividing sun into both soul and joint and marrow, as uh, is, is a discerner of the intent and thought of the heart. And we thank you right now for the God for your word is quick, it's powerful, it's alive. People think these are just words on a page, but I found out these are not just words on a page, but I found out this is the living word. For the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only God and of the Father. Father God, give us a sound mind these last days. Father God, the devil is attacking our mind. The enemy is attacking our livelihood. He's attacking our. He's really attacking our minds, and and and, and having us uh, do. He's doing everything he has to do to keep us in the past, and not keep us moving forward. He's doing everything he has to do to keep us, Father God, from um your best. And we, Father God, want your best. So, Father God, we just ask that you keep us, keep our minds stayed on thee. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I don't want to get into this. Listen, have you ever been going to a church? Now, some churches, and this is what it is. There are some churches you can go to that you don't. I put it this way. You know, you can go to that church. You can sing in a choir. You can maybe preach, be a deacon, be an usher, be a member, whatever you're going to do. Give your offering, tithes, whatever you're going to do. And there are certain churches you can go to. And you can hear the choir sing some songs. You can give your offer. You can hear the preacher preach. Go home. Cool. Boom. You're done. And you, in certain churches, you never have to worry about anyone getting in your business and getting, reading your mail or, or prophesying to you and telling you where you've been last night and all that and blah, blah, blah. But there's other churches you can go to where that just may not happen. You could be sitting in the service, and lo and behold, here come a prophet. Here comes someone whose God has given the discerning of spirits, or somebody whose God has given the gift of prophecy and different things going on, and they can see certain things going on in your life. And lo and behold, here you are on the pew, minding your own business, and now here comes a prophet that don't prophesy to you and told you, read your mail, said that you're on drugs, that you're doing this, blah, 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 all your sins, all your whole life, the whole church don't hurt it, and you're embarrassed, you're like, oh my God. And so you decide, well, I ain't going to that church anymore, you know. Uh-uh, I'm good with that. 
And there are certain churches you can go to, well, that, you know, somebody may have the gift of prophecy or discerning of spirits and God may give them certain revelations, different things, but they do it kind of differently. They may pull you to the side and prophesy to you and tell you what's going on with your life and blah, 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 and tell you that, you know, you know, you need to repent and different things. And you can say to yourself, oh my God, God is in you of a truth because you read my mail, nobody knows what about me. Now, both, all three situations can be dangerous because you can, the first church I described, you can go to that church and be comfortable there. And that's good. But also you can go there and, and sometimes you can be comfortable in your sin. You can be comfortable with what you're doing. Comfortable with the other man's wife. Comfortable with the other woman's husband. Different things that you're doing that you're not supposed to do. As the word is concerned. Rebo Shaka. Getting ready to marry somebody you shouldn't marry. And you ain't got to worry about nobody telling you not to do it. Because, hey, there's no really no to get that kind of gifting and discerning and prophecies out in the building. And that's cool. Up until a point that where at least... Maybe the pastor in that place is preaching against certain things and telling you the wrongs and rights and, and different ways to conduct ourselves as Christians. No doubt. Now, we need correction. We need, no, no, don't go crazy with me. We need correction. But that now that second church I described where a person goes in, mind their own business, like I said, and all of a sudden a prophet or whatnot, where they call themselves, stand up before the whole church. And tells all your dirty mail, tells you all the stuff you don't did, blah, 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 and all the stuff you're going through. You're sleeping with this one, you're sleeping with that one. You need to repent. You're not saved, blah, 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 and everything. So now you're embarrassed. Everybody's looking at you like um, you have lost your mind. And you find yourself so embarrassed that you never go back to church again in your life. Second, the third, now the third. Also, the third church I described where somebody pulls you to the side and they pull you to the side and and they decide, well, we're going to tell they're going to tell you everything that you're doing, what you're doing wrong, prophesying about things that, that you don't even um, uh, know that they know and, and different things will be going on. And you decide, well, should that person is of God of a truth? They didn't tell all my business, the whole congregation. They must be praying for me, you know, and you decide, well, I'm comfortable with that. And that's cool, too, but that's also dangerous. And here's a danger in it. Sometimes when people pull you to the side like that, they can tell you a wrong prophecy. Oh, yeah. They can pull you to the side and prophesy to you and tell you to get married to somebody that God had never tend for you to be with. And you felt well because they pulled me to the side. They must know, know God. They must have I'll be a prophet. And here you are, find yourself getting married to somebody that you should never be with. And you're suffering. You'll be suffering for the rest of your days. Based all off a prophecy that somebody said and what somebody did. Watch yourself in all situations, but definitely watch yourselves when you uh, find somebody who wants to prophesy to you, often under the ears of leadership. <laughs> because usually, oftentimes, that person is telling you something. That um, it's gonna lead you astray. How they call that about There's other situations, um, strictly that if if you take things to heart, and if you really a person that really is hurt and have thin skin, if somebody prophesies to you about your business in front of the whole congregation, that can be troublesome. Also, watch yourselves in those situations. But I want to show you 
what happened to David after he slept with Bathsheba and he actually thought he had got away with what he had done. And I want to read to you something real quick that um really made me think. Because I was the type of man, I didn't, I, you know, I don't, I don't want nobody. I don't want to go to church. Somebody ain't prophesying to me, talking about oh, you ain't this, you ain't that, and blah blah blah. Because for my situation is, and my attitude is, well, they already know that. You really think you have to prophesy to a black man and tell him he's black? You think you really have to prophesy to a drunk man and tell him he's drunk? <laughs> no, you are. Trust me, he already knows those things. But it's a difference in telling someone and prophesying to someone and telling them what thus said the Lord with a solution. Somebody can tell you that you're in debt and prophesy that you're in to you that you're in debt and never see your books, never see your accounts. And they can prophesy to you and say you're in debt. But that same person can also tell you, but here's how the Lord said, get out of it. There were some of you that have been prophesied to about your faults and failures, but you've never been told, here's how you get out of it. And I'm going to show you real quick um, what is going on with David after he slept with Bathsheba and the prophet prophesied to him and read his mail. Now watch this now, watch this. Here's one, here's one. This is uh, 2 Samuel chapter 12. Around verse number one. Let me read it for you real quick. It says, The Lord sent Nathan to David, and he came to him and said to him, There were two men in one city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceedingly many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished, and they grew up together with him and with his children. And and it ate of his own food and drank from his own cup and lay in his bosom, and it was like a daughter to him. Now watch this. And the traveler came to the rich man and refused to take from his own flock, from his own herd, to prepare one for wavering, wavering man who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. Then David's anger was kindled, greatly aroused against the man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this shall surely die. Now here's Nathan come to David telling him a story about a rich man who refused to take of his own flock but decided that he going to take a poor man's flock and feed and feed someone else. But wouldn't take of his own flock, but took the poor man's flock and fed, fed himself and fed his friend. It's like a rich man having a billion dollars in the bank. Come time to buy something, he don't take from his own finance. He come and take from yours. Seeing what you got. And paying for some IEO account. And so David, you know, now this is just a story that Nathan is telling. But David is um, upset at the rich man in the story that Nathan is telling. Nathan the prophet. Now watch what happened in verse 6. And he shall restore fourfold for the land because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And watch, watch, watch what Nathan said. Then Nathan said to David, you are the man. You are the man I'm talking about in this story. Not the poor man. No, no, you are the rich. You are the man. Thus said the Lord God of Israel. I anoint you king over all Israel. I delivered you from the hand of Saul. 
I gave you your master's house and your master's wives. David had women into your keeping. You already got your own women, so why did you take this other man's wife? You already got your own wife. Why are you taking this other man's wife? Now watch this. And gave you the house of Israel and Judah, and it was that had been too little. I also would have given you much more. God said if that was too little, I would have kept giving you more stuff. <laughs> That's the selfishness. That is the selfishness. Of taking another uh, woman's husband, another man's wife, and you got your own. Not only that, but you got more than enough. That is the selfishness in, in what he's explained to him. Watch what happened in verse 9. Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? You have killed your rider Hittite with the sword. You have taken his wife to be your wife and have killed him with the sword of the people of Anna. God know your business. David thought what he had did was in secret. And no other man would know about it. But God knows your business. Now Nathan is not telling David this in front of the whole children of Israel. No, he's not telling this. He actually is telling them this secretly between them two man to man. But God knows your business. And God don't told somebody else your business. <laughs> Interesting. God done told somebody else your business. But. But that person. That God has spoken with. About your business. Is somewhere praying for you. Oh that's y'all. You, you, you ought to rejoice. You ought to rejoice. You ought to rejoice right now. Listen. That person that God has told your business to. Is somewhere. Praying for your deliverance. Praying for your repentance and praying for the day that you are right back in the will of God. Let me show you something happened. Watch this. Watch verse ten. After after Nathan don't told, it's like Nathan don't read David's secret text messages. It's like David. It's like it's like Nathan don't read his mail, read his email address, listen at his text message, listen at his phone call. It's almost as if Nathan had a video camera in the house that night. <laughs> the night he messed up. <laughs> let me let me let me let me show you something. See, sometimes what you think is just gonna be for one night can be there for a lifetime. Can I show you something real quick? Can, can, can I show you something else gonna happen? Now what's verse 10? What's listen with verse 10 what Nathan getting ready to tell him? Now therefore the sword shall never depart from your house, because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to your wife. Look what, look what God told David. I tell people like this, and other preachers don't understand it. I said, listen, man, God will forgive people of sin, yes. You need to stop telling people God's not going to forgive people of sin. Now, there are consequences, but the consequences is not death going to hell. Because you got forgiveness. But there are certain consequences that you have to go through with certain sins that you commit on this, in this body on this earth. Say if you was um, committed a crime. The consequences of the crime could be simply you going to do a little time. Now, God will forgive you of your sin, yes. But that doesn't mean that the consequences of what you've done is not there. Lord have mercy. <laughs> going around, if you go around some oftentimes and you are reckless in your sexual life and start having unprotected self. Now, the consequences of that could, you could get somebody pregnant. 
uh, you, you, you can get an STD, uh, uh, different things. The consequences can usually be there. You can have a soul tie. Now you can feel like you can't live without that person. Now here you are spending like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven years chasing somebody around who don't want to be with you like that, but only in a sexual way. That goes to some of your consequences of that. But the forgiveness is there. We got to stop telling people that God is not going to forgive sin. But you, you just, uh, but they don't mean that consequences are not there. But some, for some reason, preachers tell them folks that they're going straight to hell. How? What? Is that right? If they don't been repented and that's forgiveness of sin and they're going straight to hell. And you mean tell me that whom God saved, he's going to send straight to hell? Because that's what you want Because you, you so-called have never done anything wrong. Thou hypocrite. Let he that was without sin among you be the first to cast a stone in. But listen, the consequences. You see the consequences of David's actions. And here goes some of the consequences he's getting ready to face right now. He says, the Bible says, Now now therefore the sword shall never depart from your house. Because you have despised me and have taken the, the wife of your right Hittite to be your wife. Now watch this. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will rise up adversity. Against you from your own house And I will take your wives from before your eyes And give them to your neighbor And he shall lie with your wives in the sight of the sun That's one, no, 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 some more of the consequences Your wives are going to be taken out Some people in the world call that karma Well let me show you else what's going to happen For you did this secretly That's what God told them you, For you did this secretly You did it in secret But I will do this thing before all Israel Before the sun Lord have mercy And watch what David did though Watch what David said to Nathan. And then David said to Nathan in verse 13, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said, watch this. The Lord has put away your sin. You shall not die. But if he was in the church of the day, they would try to tell David, well, you're going to hell, David. <laughs> Ain't no forgiveness for you, David. You're going to hell. All the stuff you don't did. But no, David repented. He said, no, I have sinned against the Lord. And the Lord put away his sin. The consequences of his sin were still there. The consequences of his actions, of course, were still there. But the forgiveness was there also. Can I show you something else? People don't understand. See, people are scared. I don't know what's wrong with these preachers. Some preachers are scared. They're like, well, we can't tell people that they have forgiveness of sin. They'll keep sinning. What are you talking about, man? They have forgiveness of sin. But the consequences of sin is still there, yes. But those consequences now, the Bible says, certain Bible says this, the wages of sin is death. See, the wages of sin is not there anymore. The wages, see, the wages of that was death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, you don't want to affect that. See, I'm going to work my way back to the book of Acts because I'm going to show you the book of Acts chapter 16 why they were shouting and dancing in a prison cell like that. Maybe it was because of grace. It wasn't because of nothing they did. <laughs> Let me show you something real quick. I'm, I'm going to with Let me show you something real quick. I'm going to show you what happened in verse 14. However, because this deed, you have given me great occasions as enemies of the Lord to blasphemy. Verse 14. The child also is born to you shall surely die. Then Nathan departed from this house. God said this. God said because of what you've done though, the child... That you're getting ready to have with this woman shall surely die. <laughs> Lord have mercy. So now, <clears throat> those are one of the consequences that David suffered from his one night stand. You may think something is just for one night, 
But oftentimes, sometimes, you never know <laughs> the consequences of your actions that night could echo into eternity. Yes, Lord. Listen, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, not for the my spirit that some of you are facing some consequences right now. As a matter of fact, there are some of you who are listening to this. As I speak to you, you're saying that's me. I'm facing some consequences. I did something one night that I shouldn't have did. I got drunk. I went out. My husband was away. My wife was away. Um, I was bored. I did this. I did that. And now you're suffering. You're suffering um, real hard. You're keeping a secret. You think nobody knows about it. God knows. And he's told someone about it. And, And that person that he told... Is an intercessor. They're going to pray for you. They're not going to put you on blast. They ain't going to put you on Facebook. They're not going to put you on Twitter. They're not going to put you um, out there. They're not going to put your business on the street. They're not going to talk about you in the prayer line. They're not going to talk about you in through the pulpit and start preaching from the pulpit. Yet they're preaching about you because they don't even have a word from the Lord. And because they don't have a word from the Lord, they have nothing else to talk about but you. No, no, that's not what God, that's not what the word, that's not what, that's what it's, that's not what the pulpit is for. See, some of you are really hurting, you're going through, and you're thinking to yourself, I will not go to heaven because I slept with this one, I slept with that one. I will not go to heaven because I don't have this, I don't went back, I don't have this. I was the pastor, and I had an affair with this one. I was the deacon, and I slipped up and slept with this one. I did this, I did that. And what people don't really know is that child that's been sitting in the front row is not really my little cousin at all. Actually, that's my son, and they don't even know. And they don't even know it because you're afraid that if you tell somebody what's really going on, <laughs> if you let them know what's really going on, you'll be judged out of the church. You'll be judged out of the pulpit. You'll be judged out of the company. You'll be judged out of the inheritance. Uh, uh, and you. And so you keep the secret. You keep a smile on your face. You play the part. You shout. You dance. You do all the things that you're supposed to do. You go through all the motions. You do everything that, that they told you to do in church. You know when to clap your hands. You know when to shout. You know when to dance. You know when to um, pray. You know when to sing. You know when to smile. You know when to do all these things. And yet deep down in your heart, you're not whole because you got that secret over your head. And you do really want to tell somebody to pray for me. I'm depressed. Pray for me. I made a mistake. Pray for me. I've done this. Pray for me. I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling in this area. I'm struggling with pornography. I'm I'm struggling with with, with, with keeping it in my path. I'm struggling with... uh, I I just hope that... I'm struggling with my husband. And you really can't tell anybody because you go to church. You got a position. And you're not supposed to struggle when you go to church. You're not supposed to struggle when you speak it in tongues, right? With the position that you have, you're not supposed to uh, have faults, right? Because that's what you was taught. And you dare not say anything. Because if you say anything, you're afraid you'll be found out. 
the consequences. And sometimes that's your consequences right there. No, you didn't get pregnant. You didn't get an STD. But your consequences now is just that guilt. That regret. That weight on your shoulders. But in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Just like God spoke to David. Through the prophet Nathan. After David said, I have sinned against the Lord. After David repented. And said, I've done this thing wrong. The prophet told him, God has put away your sins also. He has put away your sin. Somebody told you you can't get forgiveness. Listen, in your mind, the devil has deceived you and told you, you can't get forgiveness for that. You can't get forgiveness for him. You can't get forgiveness for her. You can't get forgiveness for that orgy you was in. You can't get forgiveness for Rebo Shakarabaha. For all the things that you've done sexually. You can't get forgiveness for that. Some of you are so ashamed that you didn't have the baby. You decided, let me let me visit the abortion clinic. Because you thought that you couldn't carry that around. And it killed you, it almost hurt you, it killed you. And to this day you feel guilty because, because you only did it because you were ashamed of what people would say and what people would do. And how can you bring that baby to church? And how can you explain that? But even now, I repent with you. Lord God, I ask forgiveness of sin, sexual sins, things that we've done in the flesh, things that we've done in our mind, things that we've done in our body. That we knew wasn't right. But we come before you, Father God. And I repent. And then I repent for my brothers. I repent for my sisters in Christ. We ask for forgiveness of sin. And then, Lord God, put away our sins like you put away David's. Our consequences are ever before our face. But our forgiveness is from everlasting to everlasting. We thank you right now for the cross of Christ. Thank you for defeating the enemy at Calvary. Lord God, we thank you right now. See, some of you can't even tell your own pastor what's going on because you know he's going he gonna to put you on blast. He's going to put you on Facebook. He's going so to put you on the pulpit and start preaching against you. And when you're living in secret like that, you can never be healed and you can never be free because you're living in secret. And once the devil got you isolated in secret, he can keep punishing you for the same mistake over and over again. And now you're trying to find comfort. You're trying to find peace. And so you feel like you can't find it in the world. You can't find it in the Lord because you feel like the Lord is against you. So now you're finding it over and over again in the same mess with the same man, with the same situation. That's why people get involved, themselves involved in the same thing over and over again. Saved. But we repent right now. We break the chain of the enemies. And we lose the bonds right now. Listen, in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, you just message me. If you receive this message, you just message me. Get a hold of me some kind of way. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is. Get a hold of me some kind of way. Show Baha.
dick out of my through this ministry. Get a hold of me so I can pray with you. So I can pray with you. So you need a man of God to pray with you. You need a man of God to understand your issue and praise with you. He ain't going to put you on blast. Listen, in much love in Jesus' name. Keep fighting a good fight of faith in Jesus' name, amen.